Well, how is everybody doing on this fine Wednesday afternoon? It is the 9th of December at 2 o'clock p.m. You're listening to the Craps Jackpot Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Zurich, and today is a wonderful day because the regular season finally wrapped up. Wonderful day for some. Uh, in some regards, not a wonderful day for some other people. And uh, let's just kind of get into what happened Usually we do the podcast on Tuesday. This first time I'm actually doing it on Wednesday. I broke a little time off here, and not for obvious reasons, we sort of needed to do it on Wednesday to see how the regular season was going to shake up. And um, I just didn't think it was going to be the best thing to do, a premature one on a Tuesday. So uh, let's take a look at what happened over the weekend here, going all the way into Tuesday night. So we've got some big fantasy implications. Actually, there was something at stake that I didn't even pick up on prior to coming into the results of this week. And we'll get to that in just a moment um, because there was a very big playoff implication that took place that wasn't even brought up in weeks past here. One of the things that I do want to do, I expect that the listeners are going to be dropping off after this week for obvious reasons, right? If If you're out, you probably feel like you're out. If you're in, you feel like you're in. Uh, let's let's take into account a couple of things, right? So uh, for those of you that are in the loser's bracket, we're going to get to you in just a minute here. But you are not officially out. You are in a bye week this week because the consolation bracket will end up playing the losers from the winner's bracket. Um, and so again, I am encouraging everybody to give an opportunity to play. Now, the weird thing this week is that there's only two matchups. So there's only four teams that are competing for the $10 a week. This week, I should say. And... It's not ideal that it ends up being that. So I guess if you have a buy, your safety for the big picture comes in to play better. Uh, if you don't have the buy, then uh, you know I don't know what to tell you. You're obviously not playing, competing for the ten dollars for the most points this week. So um, only four people in contention for that. Uh, but I want to go into my DFS play. I know I sent a text out earlier in the week here, showing people that I'm in the 99th percentile for my picks in DFS. I'm not patting myself my, um, on the back here. I'm, I'm taking analytics and just putting them to use. And so I wanted to assist you guys. Um, if you are still interested in doing that, I had one person reach out and say that they wanted to see what the fantasy lineup was going to be this week. And so I want to get to that. Now, I looked at this last night, and it changed even to this morning. So what I'm giving you on the podcast today is not going to be the official thing. But just to give you an idea of the logic behind some of the picks, let's do that. I'm going to take just a few minutes here to do that. Uh, last night I had Ryan Tannehill in. I made the switch. I went with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I like his matchup. It's a division game against Detroit, and he is ruthless against division opponents. They don't bench him. It's an absolute reason I'm playing Aaron Rodgers. He's only $36. The other play that you can consider playing would be Ryan Tannehill in a smash spot against Jacksonville. That was initially what I was going to be playing was Tannehill in, in uh, Jacksonville. But I, I'll, I'll spend the extra $4 on Aaron Rodgers in the division game against Detroit. Um, David Montgomery against Houston. Houston's a very soft run defense. Uh, Dave, or, uh, yeah, Montgomery just he put up some some major points in fantasy this past weekend. It's it's all about volume with him. It's all about him not having to compete for that position with anybody else. And so you like David Montgomery in that spot. Give me James Robinson uh, against Tennessee. He's twenty nine dollars. Oh, by the way, David Montgomery is nineteen dollars. James Robinson is $29. I like it because if you look at some of the other guys at the running back position, 
Uh, you're not going to get this type of value. Like Derrick Henry is 37, and I would be confident playing Derrick Henry. Why wouldn't you? They're going up against Jacksonville, which is very soft. So he's got like five times his value, right? Um, whereas you can play James Robinson and you're going to get almost six times the value because Tennessee also has a very bad run defense. And so I actually like what I'm getting out of James Robinson as far as financials go in that situation. As far as my receivers take me, I'm going to go Robbie Anderson and Debo Samuel, two different matchups. So Robbie Anderson has been very good on the season with PPR. They're coming out of a bye week. They've planned it's Denver. Um, quite confident that Robbie Anderson is going to get the volume. He's only $19. And Debo Samuel. I didn't love the numbers that Debo Samuel put up this past weekend, but you're certainly not going to complain. He was right in the mid-teens, so I think he ended up with about 13, 14 points there. Uh, And I do expect him to be more involved. It's Washington's defense, so, uh, you know, it's not really like a a boom or bust kind of a game. You expect the volume to be there. You expect the production to be moderate. And if he has a, a touchdown, that's what you're hoping for. Production. I'm actually also going to play Brandon Ayuk. I'm going to hedge my bet a little bit. He's only $14, but I think the value is additionally there. Uh, you know the tight end every week is going to be Darren Waller. He just had a monster game. He had a career game. In my flex spot, I'm going to be playing Austin Eckler against Atlanta. And then for my defense, I'm playing Seattle against the Jets because Seattle has been very good. Austin Eckler is $26. Darren Waller is $24. Brandon Ayuk is $14. Debo Samuel $17. Uh, Seattle's defense is 16, Robbie Anderson 19, James Robinson 29, David Montgomery 19, and Aaron Rodgers is 36 when you put it all together. That's your max budget at 200. So I'm, I'm literally optimizing the entire lineup. You don't need to do that, by the way. If you wanted to only spend 190 because you feel like you got good matchup there and you want to leave $10 hanging in the wings, you don't have to spend it. Spend it how you feel is appropriate. So that puts me at 127.1 points. We'll see how it goes through the rest of the week. It definitely is going to change as we get a little bit closer. Um, I'm going to take weather, injuries, um, matchups in, into account if there anything else shows up in the injury report. And I'm also going to be looking at the finances for the salary here too. So uh, don't sleep on this, guys. Honestly, put like a dollar down. Get your feet wet with it. It's fun. Injuries you know, are a thing you don't have to worry about coming into it. Uh, you're strictly just playing the game with the guys that are healthy, so you don't have to like think about anything additional to your roster on top of that. And uh, if you need advice or if you want to see an optimal lineup as we get a little bit closer to game day on Sunday, let me know. I'm happy to give you what my lineup is going to be. Just mirror my lineup. I mean, it's been working, so it can work for you there too. And uh, I know I mentioned a couple of times definitely that Daly was going to be my savior for the season uh, for, for whatever reason. The fantasy gods turned and noticed me at the end of the year and decided that they were going to actually move me into the playoffs, which was quite the ride. So let's jump back into our league after the DFS play. And if you are, if you're not in the playoffs, we'll do a quick thing for you. And in memoriam, uh, let's look at the teams that unfortunately did not make it into the playoffs this year. Let's start with our 10th place team, which is Jake. That would be this is the year. I, I've made the joke many a time, but this is definitely not your year. Ending with four. And a nine, uh, four and nine record, hundred and I'm sorry, one thousand five hundred and thirty nine point seven two points on the year in the regular season with sixteen ninety three point three eight against. Um, you can hear Thor in the background here squeaking his toy, but we're not going to be doing any editing today, so we're just going to roll with that. You know, it's certainly not the best situation to be in when you have almost near the most points scored against you, which is typically the trend, analytically speaking. The teams that end up losing more games have more points scored against. Who'd have thunk it? Um, 
so just not quite the year. The good news is that it was an off year anyway. Jake ended up losing to the Vampire, and I think things spiraled out of the control from, from that point on. Had to trade away Michael Thomas to get some pieces that were pretty moderate. To be fair, though, Michael Thomas hasn't really done much. He's been back on the injury report since then. They have a different quarterback that just doesn't do what uh, Drew Brees did. So uh, a lot changing in Michael Thomas' situation. Todd Gurley not producing like he did at the beginning of the season. I think weighed in pretty heavy. And uh, you just didn't have the year. This this was not the year, again, to, to speak lightly. Moving into the ninth place spot is Blood Brothers, a team that was on an absolute tear during the bye weeks in the latter half of the season. Won a total of five games, so five bites in total. Ended up with Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and DeAndre Hopkins on their team. So uh, there was some teams that made it into the playoffs that ended up losing those pieces, and that will have an impact on them lasting. So to think that you didn't come in and have an impact is an understatement. What ended up happening is during that four-game tear that you guys were on, injuries just came to play. Christian McCaffrey went out. Drew Brees went out, hurt Alvin Kamara because Taysom Hill ended up rushing for some touchdowns. Um, production from Kamara went down oddly. Um, and, you know, Dalvin Cook was sort of up and down a little bit there. I mean, you didn't have him long enough for him to really make a big impact. And I think one of the games that he played, he was just kind of had a, a dud of a game there. Patrick Mahomes was solid, and DeAndre Hopkins was above average, I would say, for the most part. The first week that you had him, I know he had that that super thrilling, game-winning Hail Mary touchdown, which was phenomenal to watch as a football fan, but not as somebody who previously had DeAndre Hopkins on their team. So am I a little upset? Yeah, sure. You know, but uh, I expected you guys to be able to make the playoffs. It didn't happen. I think a lot of that was just weighing in really heavy on two factors. Not only did you have the least amount of points, which was destined to really happen, especially early in the season, um, but you had the most points scored against, and again, statistically speaking, it's just not going to happen. So to come out with a 5-8 and eight record on the season after winning all those games in a row and then unfortunately losing three in a row. And look, this, this past week, this is the anomaly of a season that they face, guys, so that everyone understands they lost to Mick by two points, and they would have beaten every other team. This has happened to them more than once. So if you want to talk about bad luck, this is bad luck. 150 to 148. We're going to go over the recaps, but I've got to point it out here. That happened in the first week of the year, and it happens for the last week of the year. It's just sad to see, sort of, but at the same time, not really. Uh, had they won week one, they would have had Dalvin Cook throughout that entire season. So just think about that for a minute. Um, but anyway, I digress. Let's move on. In eighth place, we've got Hans Molman, Jeff, ending. Uh, he came off of his big loss record. Uh, he had a couple of games where he lost a row, won one, and then was in a must-win situation, as was I. We played this previous weekend. Um, I ended up going 142-86 to 86 on the week, which ends up being the biggest blowout with 56.28. Um, so there was, uh, there was definitely a gap there, and... Production was a problem. I think losing Patrick Mahomes and then having to play Taysom Hill worked out just fine. Uh, I don't know about the long-term solution. I know Jeff made some last-minute roster moves there. It's a tough loss, obviously, because had he won that one, he would have been in the playoffs. I would have been out of it because the record's different. It doesn't matter about the points at that uh, there. You needed a 6-7 and seven record to make it into the playoffs. Jeff ends up with 5-8, and eight, puts him in 8th place. 
Also has one of the most points scored against him on the year. He ends up with uh, 1703 against, so he would be second in points against on the season. Tough. I mean, I put up a lot of points against him this past week, which which skyrocketed him up into that second against. Still not a position that you want to be in. Let's let's go into seventh place here, putting up a really commendable season here. And I just want to point one thing out. We'll get into it later on the podcast. Um, by the way, today on the podcast, we definitely have Peel. He's here late. Um, we've got Andy coming up front. Andy and I did a little interview on Monday night before we really knew what the playoffs were going to look like. So you have to forgive some of the banter of us assuming things that didn't come to happen. It's a crazy week. Wednesday, you know, uh, showed us what Tuesday night's game really produced. And so Andy and I are talking about, you know, who's going to be playing who, what the bye weeks are going to look like, who's going to be, you know, uh, going past a certain point. Um, but back into Galus's team, I do have to say thank you. And this isn't a non dick way, even though it's probably going to come off that way. Had Ryan taken that trade offer, he would have had James Robinson and Tyreek Hill. And those are the two guys that I think have absolutely carried my team. And I would have had Christian McCaffrey, who has not played. So it just goes to show you that when you think you know what's best for other team owners, you don't. I would have been happy with that trade, too, by the way. For the record, I would not have regretted making that trade from a am I making a right decision at the time perspective. It's the 2020 hindsight that makes me go, whew, I'm glad I dodged that bullet. So Galus gets the, the first-year blues here, you know, for whatever reason, fantasy is never really kind of the, the first-year players. If you remember Mick won his very first fantasy football game, thought fantasy football is the greatest gift to uh, to, to mankind since fire and then lost uh, 12 straight after that his first year. So, uh, you know, fantasy just for first-year players is never the greatest thing. And uh, Galus had some growing pains here. Respectively, you know, he had 15-56 on the regular season and 16.09 again. So it's not like he was, you know, pounded from a points against standpoint, just matchups and not being able to really collect enough points to get him through. He does end up with a six and seven record. So, you know, he ends up 56 points behind, or I'm sorry, he ends up uh, actually quite a bit, about 75 points behind the sixth place team. And that's just enough to get him out of the playoffs. So, there's a bit of a margin there. 76 points doesn't seem like a lot. In the grand scheme of things, you'd have to average, you know, a good amount of points on a weekly basis to really come up with that, um, with that playoff spot there. Just to even come close to tying. So that would be it for our lovable losers. Uh, like I said, the the consolation bracket begins after the bye week here. Six of the ten teams are now on a bye. The four that lost. Uh, their playoff spots are all going to be sitting out this week, and then the top two teams are going to be on a bye. Which brings me to, if you remember earlier in the show, I said there was something that happened that I didn't even see coming. I don't think anybody really saw it coming. Maybe maybe one person did, because I know I already talked to Mick, and he didn't see this coming whatsoever. But when Ryan lost the game last night, that put him in an 8-5 and five record. He was tied with Mick. Uh, to that point. He needed to win this game to keep the point total. And he still needed to get more points than Mick did in order to keep that bye week going into the playoffs. Ryan lost the game and didn't even have the points. So it wouldn't have mattered if he won the game. He still would have been sitting in third place. He's got to play this week now because of that. If I'm Ryan, I'm not super worried about it, but like Ryan has the tougher matchup. I think 
of the four people that are playing this week, I'm definitely the weakest link. <laughs> it should be no secret at this point that I'm not head over heels about my team, and I don't deserve to be here whatsoever. Dumb luck has gotten me to this point. Um, but but Ryan is facing Andy, who has a healthier team coming into the latter half of the season. So we'll get to those matchups here. Um, let's do our really quick recap of Week 13 as it's the final season. What I'd like to do is start with uh, kind of forever who needed to win this game against Jake. I think Jake, no matter what, would have been out at this point because not only did he need to win, he needed everyone that needed to lose to lose. Um, and then he also would have needed just a really high amount of points to have put him... I don't think there was mathematically much of a chance that he could have gotten into the playoffs. So um, for whatever reason, Russell Wilson just has not come on since coming back. I've said it for a couple of weeks, he really needs to. But if he wants his MVP candidate bid to progress any further than it's gotten to this point he needs to show us something else because right now Patrick Holmes looks like the front runner yet again and who's surprised Corey Davis putting up 35 points 182 receiving yards 11 catches and one receiving touchdown uh, he looked like the better receiver in this matchup and this is the first time he's seen double digit targets since week eight so uh, Corey Davis definitely a good play here uh, Sterling Shepard not so much just one two-point conversion 22 yards on one reception Latavius Murray uh, took a bat back seat down Kamara and Taysom Hill. Two catches, 17 rushing yards, not too much on the ground there. Ends up with three points. Todd Gurley, kind of the same thing. One catch for four yards and 16 rushing yards in total. Uh, and the game wasn't totally away from Atlanta. They just aren't using him, and I think they kind of figured that they got to arrest him. And it's sad. Todd Gurley's still young, uh, but his his career is kind of getting, getting over very quickly. Um where Atlanta probably does regret making the trade and picking up the money that was owed to him. Robert Tunyon, one receiving touchdown, four catches, 39 yards. Touchdown certainly helps get him 14 points. Um, you know, kickers and defense, we do kind of have to cover. Robbie Gold with seven and L.A. Rams for 11 points there. Uh, puts Jake at a grand total of 100, and, 100 points. I had him predicted at, I think, 106. I'm not sure if I remember correctly, but we'll just go with what he ended up at, which is 100. Um didn't really matter. Andy won by 25 in this game. Matt Ryan, again, putting up less than 13 points, just not looking good. Uh, Justin Jefferson, definitely looking good. He goes 129 yards, nine catches, one receiving touchdown. Adam Thielen, one touchdown, eight catches, 75 yards, 21 points. That's both Minnesota receivers right there. You hate to split them, but you love the production, and it's tough to pass them up. Uh, Derek Henry, I think, has the worst game of his season with 5.9 points. He had one other bad game, and that was against... Chicago, uh, but he had 6.8 points on 21 attempts there. He went 15 for 60 in this one. So uh, in that uh, in that Chicago game, it's ironic that when you get 70 yards, you still only end up with 68 points. Or I'm sorry, you get 68 yards, you end up with 68 points because we, we know how math works, right? Nick Chubb has looked really good since he returned. 80 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, and 26 receiving yards. Uh, was a little bit of a surprise to see him being used in the pass game as much as he was, which wasn't a ton, but with uh, uh, with Kareem Hunt in that backfield too, I just expected him to get more, and Kareem Hunt didn't do too much in that game, and I think that's the trend that they're going to start moving towards. I think 
in the offseason, Kareem Hunt's not going to be a Cleveland Brown. So I think they want to see what they're going to get out of Chubb when they bring him back next year and probably have to sign him to some more money. Eric Ebron was a good pickup, 7 for 68, ends up with 13.5 points. Keenan Allen, it's always a solid play, but he did have a quiet day. Justin Herbert looked awful. They made the rookie look awful. Uh, New England is so good against rookie quarterbacks. You probably heard it a ton if you watched that game, how good Bill Belichick is against rookie quarterbacks. And he just made the Chargers look like a rookie team. Everybody. Just everything to do with that. So uh, good performance from them. Keenan Allen still ends up with 10 points on a very bad day from a quarterback that didn't throw a single touchdown or for a team that didn't have any points. So Will Lutz, three points, and then Miami with 14. Miami's defense is good, guys. Again, I know I've been saying this for a while. Like, Miami is good, but, like, their defense is also good. Don't sleep on them. Past two weeks, they played the Jets. They had 14 points. They played Cincinnati. They had 14 points. They're going to go up against Kansas City, so I'm not going to play them this upcoming week. But then they got New England, Las Vegas, and Buffalo. I mean, they can certainly do well in at least two or three of those games. And uh, that Buffalo game here doesn't even matter for us because we don't play Week 17, so... Uh, I like two of those three matchups from Miami. Uh, just a little tidbit moving into the future. Uh, let's go back to the matchups here. Let's go Thundercats and Galus's Gents. Now, Peel, it didn't matter for Peel to lose this game because whether or not he's in fourth or fifth in the regular season doesn't matter. He's still going to play the fourth or fifth team. I think what really mattered is if Andy had gotten more points than I did, he would have been playing Peel, uh, but that didn't end up happening. So uh, let's go over. Lamar Jackson has a great game, 94 rushing yards, Two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, 26 points. DK Metcalf with 13. Cooper Cup with 15 and a half. Ju Bernard just five. Carrion Johnson with three. Uh, I know the idea is to fill in for Swift as much as you possibly can, but I think Adrian Peterson's been that guy since Swift has been out. So, um, yeah, Carrion Johnson was a thing last year, very shortly, got injured and didn't come back to be that. We don't even need to really talk about Devontae Adams. If he doesn't have over 20 points in a week, we're concerned about his production. So he goes 12-10, 121, and two receiving touchdowns. Uh, <clears throat> Zane Gonzalez, the kicker, has four, and Kansas City's got five. Jumping over to the other side of the ball, guy I really like this year, uh, Josh Allen. He puts up 30 points, four passing touchdowns, 375 passing yards. He loses a fumble in the game, but... What you like about Josh Allen is how much his game has come along from just being that guy that was a, a ground runner to throwing the ball in the air for almost 400 yards in a game. It was against San Francisco, too, so it wasn't like a really soft defense. Um, Stefan Diggs with 20 points. Julio Jones with 15.5. Melvin Gordon with 15. You like that, too, because they were going up against Kansas City to see Melvin Gordon get 131 rushing yards, 11 receiving yards off one catch. Uh, is a good day. So 15.5 from a guy that you would say was a low-end RB2 is a good day. Uh, J.D. McKissick had to fill in for Antonio Gibson. Not sure what the injury is even here on Wednesday if Gibson's going to be ready to go. But he filled in well, 17 points. Jared Cook with 11. Brandon Cooks with uh, 11.5 as well. Um, Seattle's kicker goes for 4. New Orleans goes for 6. That's enough to put uh, Galas at 131 and Peel at 113. So Galus wins this one. Not a whole lot here. I think Galus had more to fight for than Peel did. Uh, like I said, Peel's playoff seed really is the same at this point. He's playing me, and uh, whether he was in fourth or fifth, it wasn't going to matter. Stu Camper, dude, Blood Brothers. Interesting matchup here. Patrick Holmes, 20 points. DeAndre Hopkins, 20 points. Jamison Crowder, 20 points. Alvin Kamara, 17.5. Dalvin Cook, 23. Uh, Hawkinson with 15.5. Brandon Ayuk with 20. 
Uh, and then Blankenship 7 in Baltimore 4 puts him at 148.72. But Mick, in the final hours of this matchup, uh, over over the past couple of days here, comes away with it. He plays Kirk Cousins, who has 22 points. So uh, a crude move to play Kirk Cousins, who has three passing touchdowns. They were playing Jacksonville, so I think it was a really good play. Allen Robinson goes 6 for 75. That gives him 13.5. Jarvis Landry... Being the top target on the team now, 862 for one receiving touchdown, 20 points. Chris Carson, 65 rushing yards. It seems like he's getting a touchdown every time he plays. That's enough to get him to 20. Austin Eckler with 10 and a half. Uh, Travis Kelsey with 27 on an absolute tear. Miles Gaskin back in the lineup after coming off IR with 15 points. And then uh, uh, Atlanta's kicker gets 12 and Green Bay gets 10. Green Bay had seven sacks in this game against Philadelphia and one pick. So Green Bay's defense looked really good. Philadelphia is a mess. Uh, I don't know if you saw that they're starting Hurts this week. So Carson Wentz is a goner. I think his time might actually be up there. He might be a backup quarterback somewhere, which is weird to think because they really invested in this guy. I mean, they hung on to him for years. They got rid of uh, he who shall not be named in Chicago here. Um, and I just I think they expected a lot more than they got out of him. Let's move on to the, I would actually have to say, the two biggest matchups of the week. We'll start with the one that had a surprise outcome, which was Ryan versus um, like Bam Bam, Bam Bam. So Pontiac Bandits and like Bam 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 Bam. So Brett and Ryan here. Justin Herbert, just six and a half points. It's a oh, brutal loss. He threw for 209 yards and two picks. Not a single touchdown. Over we already went over that. Michael Thomas has a nice game. It's 105 yards off nine catches. AJ Brown, not a nice game, but we already talked Corey Davis had a better one. He fumbled in this game. I don't think he was punished for it from a coaching benching perspective, but he just really wasn't looked to from Tannehill after that point. Uh, Zeke finally has a decent game. He goes 77 rushing yards off four catches, um, and he ends up with 13.5 fantasy points. Devontae Booker for Las Vegas. I think you were expecting a lot more than you got out of him, but uh, six points is not bad. Darren Waller with that career day, 45 points from a tight end, guys. This is a tight end putting up 45 points. I love it. 13 catches, two receiving touchdowns, and 200 receiving yards on the day exactly. That's just such an awesome stat line to look at. Uh, Bobby Trees is 18.5, 10 for 85. I like the PPR from him. Miami's kicker puts up 14. Seattle's defense puts up 9. Seattle's defense has come along in the past couple of weeks. I, I like them uh, moving into the playoffs again. They've got a really soft schedule, and the defense has turned it around quite a bit. On the other side of the ball, we've got Kyler Murray. Puts up 17.5. Calvin Ridley with 18 15.8. Tyler Lockett with just 12. Aaron Jones with 23. Had that really nice rushing touchdown uh, a little bit later in the game. And again, Philadelphia just sucks. And Tony Gibson got hurt, was doubtful to return. He's doubtful to play in this upcoming matchup, too. Noah Fant with 10. Um, I just want to see more out of Noah Fant as a tight end. Uh, Denver's got to figure out they need to get him the ball. It's almost like they're not using him properly. It feels like that, at least. I'm not making the, the assumption that he should be doing more. It's just he's not being utilized the same way. He, he was targeted. You know, he's just not being targeted enough. Let's look at Noah Fant real quick in the past couple weeks. So, Week 9, 3 times, 10, 7, 5, 2, 7. Those are the numbers from that point out. So he's just not getting it. And then you know you need, t- you need tight ends to make touchdowns happen. And he got two touchdowns all year, and they were in the first two games. Others, other than that, he hasn't gotten any. But he was in the injury report for a while. 
I think it's no surprise that like Deontay Johnson loved him in this one. 871 and a receiving touchdown. Uh, he is that new sort of like Antonio Brown look, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Those guys have all taken a backseat to what he can do production-wise. Uh, Justin Tucker has 10. Pittsburgh's defense has just three points in this one. They did not look sharp. Pittsburgh looked like a team that was just, I don't want to say outcoached. Outcoached is certainly part of it. But I feel like they just came into this matchup flat. I felt like they thought, okay, well, we're playing Washington. It's it's at home. We don't really need to game script appropriately for it. They they lost because of it. Defense, like I said, didn't look sharp. Not a sack, not a pick, not a fumble recovery. Making really nothing happen at that point, and they needed to. They needed a turnover to be able to win that game because it was a tight one. Uh, so that loss to, to Brett puts Ryan in a position where he has to play this first week out of the bye, which which is not ideal. You you know, you, you hope you win it and you move on to the next thing, as we all obviously do when you're in the playoffs. But getting a bye is huge because it's a guaranteed win. It just It's a guaranteed to get you into the top four and the top three spots pay. So from that point, you just need to win one and you've at least made your money back for the year. We've got the last matchup of the week, which was the biggest blowout, but also I think the biggest implication – I know I needed to win this match. If I lost this matchup, what would have happened was I would have had a record of five and eight. Jeff would have had a record of six and seven. This would have moved Galus into the playoffs. This would have kept Jeff out of the playoffs unless he scored enough points to get him past Galus, which he needed 56 to do uh, just to tie him up. So then it would go for... Uh, points against, and I think that still would have been a Galist's favor. So just Jeff needed a lot to happen. It didn't happen. Um, but my win this week took me from being in seventh place to fourth place. So this was my shot at the playoffs, and it happened. I'm lucky I'm at a three-game win streak here. Let's go over the recap. Ryan Tannehill puts up 28 points against Cleveland, 389 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. And a two-point conversion. Devontae Parker with another quiet day. Four for 35. No touchdowns. He's had a touchdown in uh, three games here, which is concerning because I think under two at Tungavailoa, he's just not producing the same. Tyree Kill has a pretty soft day for Tyree Kill standards. 15 points. James Robinson with 22. Uh, Wayne Gallman with just 13. Dallas Goddard with 11. Debo Samuel putting up 13 and a half. Uh, Kansas City's... Kicker puts up 17, and Minnesota puts up 13. Another reason why we need to get rid of kickers, because 17 points is just too many. On the other side of the ball, Taysom Hill with 23.5. We've got Juju Smith-Schuster with 10. We've got Pittman with 10. We've got Miles Sanders with 3. We've got David Montgomery with 27. As a Bears fan, it's nice to see him get that. Watching him run is uninspiring. I don't want David Montgomery to be a Bear for very long. I think we need to move on from him at that position. Hunter Henry, just a point and a half. Terry McLaurin with just 3.4 points, which is weird because they won that game 23-17. Two for 14 catches on that one, and he was targeted six times, so um, there was some good coverage. Uh, and then uh, we already know the Chargers didn't score a touchdown, so their kicker didn't have any points either. No extra points, no field goals. Uh, Las Vegas wins against the Jets. Uh, they get eight points, two fumble recoveries, three sacks, and a pick. Uh, again, putting Jeff out of the playoffs and moving me forward a little bit more. Let's get into the only two matchups next week since everybody is on a bye, whether you're in the consolation bracket or the championship bracket. 
the matchup of the week here for me, the tightest race, is going to be Pontiac Bandits and Wakanda Forever. So we've got Pontiac Bandits playing Kyler Murray, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, Aaron Jones, Naheem Hines, Noah Fant, Deontay Johnson. On the other side of the ball, we've got Matt Ryan, Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Eric Ebron, and Keenan Allen. Um, I actually like Andy a little bit more in this matchup. If I'm going to put a point total on it, I'd say 124 to 122. It is going to be a two-point matchup. I think it's going to be so close. And uh, you have to make the right moves. If the guy is on your bench that would have won you, there will be somebody on the bench that could have won you the game in either of these teams. So it is... This is a dogfight of a matchup. Um, you know, I won't get into every little detail that's going to come up for this week, but you can tell this one's going to be really tough. On the other matchup, we've got out of commission and Thundercats. So the double A matchup, Andrew versus Andrew, uh, both with six and seven records on the year. Ryan Tannehill, Devontae Parker, Tyree Kill, James Robinson, Wayne Gallman, Dallas Goddard, Debo Samuel against Lamar Jackson, DK Metcalf, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Swift. If he plays, Gio Bernard, assuming he plays, Evan Ingram, and Devontae Adams. I think that this one is going to be tighter than it looks right now. Uh, Yahoo has it at a 131 to 120. I think Peel is favored in this matchup. I do think that he should win this matchup. I, I, I give him the point total. 123 to 121. So it's going to be another tight matchup. I mean, this is an interesting first week of the playoffs. Again, can't say this enough. I don't deserve to be here. And the last thing I want is probably what's going to happen. Again, I'm predicting Peel to win, but in my universe, if I win this one, I'm going to lose next week, which means if I lose next week, I'm going to be in fourth place, uh, <laughs> which, which is awful because that's like giving up literally the end of the line for hope that you could win any kind of money back. So I just don't see it happening this year. Uh, give me Peel in this matchup. I think he's going to win very slightly, but another tight race here. Um, speaking of Mr. Peel, let's jump into my interview with Peel first this week because I think that uh, it will be a good segue into the playoffs here. For those of you that are sticking around, uh, we've also got Andy on the podcast in a little bit here. Again, Andy and I spoke on Monday night, so it's going to be a dated interview. Regardless, it's fun to see like what just two days have done in terms of where we're at today and where we were at then. So uh, let's jump into it. Finally, we've got Peel on the podcast, so let's just get right into the banter with Peel, and we'll go from there. Oh, my God. What a pain in the ass. All right. Now say something. Uh, is that working? Yes. Holy there you shit. go. Was it says that? I'm recording now, though. I don't want to record. <laughs> um, Did you figure it out? I've got the... Uh... What's the request? Just deny that. I think I sent you a record uh, request. I didn't even get a request from you. All right. Well, I'm ready. I guess it doesn't matter that this is recording. I... I've been recording this whole time. You're never, I'm not going to edit any of it. Great. <laughs> so it looks like you might be headed to the playoffs. It's looking like it. It's looking yeah, that's a, like it. a crazy turn of events. And I think, uh, I, so it looks like, so here's the weird thing. Here's what I can't quite figure out in the standings, right? So my game and Jeff's is close to being over. Uh, I, we still have some guys going, but right now it's 
projected to be 142 to 93, which would put me at yeah. six and seven with the points. So I'll make it into the playoffs. So hold on. So we got six teams make the playoffs, right? Yep. Six make the playoffs. Yep. And we've got three locked in right now. Three are locked. Three are up for grabs. Now Peel's going to lose, but Peel's got points. Um, Peel's going to lose. Peel could potentially win. He could, but if he loses, let's just say. Yeah. If he loses, he's still in, you think? Well, he's got a six and six record. Um, 15, 20. Yeah. He's still in. Yep. 15, 20. If, unless he just really tanks on points at this point. Because you and um, I could but, knock him out, and then Galus will have won. Galus can't make up the point differential, though, I don't think. No, he can't. So, yeah, Peel's in. Yeah, I think it's going to be those three. I don't think Galus is going to make it. So, three being you, me, Peel? Yeah, I think that's yep, what it's going to look like. that's what it looks like. like. And yep. it could be, if, P- if Peel wins, he'll be fourth, and then it'll be me, five, you, six. Yeah. If Peel yeah. loses... It'll be me four, him five, you six. So, oh no, yeah, wait! That, it could be you could be five though. Technically, if you have, I might, I might, yeah. Because you're so, yeah. nineteen points difference. Yeah. Either way, that's what it looks like. It's going to shake up to be. But think about what needed to happen. This is the this is the fun part. What was it? Three weeks ago, you and I were texting like, "Well, there goes our fantasy yep, season." We're done. Right? Yep, done. And then we go on a, a three game win streak here to put us into the playoffs. And everybody that needed to lose lost, too. Like, Blood Brothers needed to lose two in a row. Galus needed to lose two in a row. Uh, you know, it was just – I the stars absolutely aligned for that to take place. Uh, yeah, Blood Brothers losing two in a row, one of which to the great Wakanda Forever and a, and a blowout by Wakanda Forever. Yeah, and now Mick – It looks like Mick now is going to – I mean, actually, yeah, maybe we um, – well, even if Blood Brothers wins, even if they beat Mick, right, they don't have the points to – yeah. Yeah, they won't have the points. So this is a spite win if they win. They're just doing – so I'm sort of rooting for Blood Brothers to win this game this week. Right, because then it weakens Mick. Mick's team. Yeah. Exactly, into the playoffs. Yeah. On the other hand, though, I'm, I'm so rooting for Mick to win this thing this year. Like, I'm absolutely 100%. I don't care that I'm in the play. I really do not care one I I don't deserve to be here I'm here by dumb luck (laughs) I absolutely want Mick to win this thing this year like he he has his team has overperformed a lot even with drafting two elite tight ends yeah and and think about this so he traded one of those away and he kept both pieces and the other one ended up on IR and off my team um yeah, he's done. He's managed his team well. That's for sure. Yeah, um, Miles Miles Gaskin came back last night actually, off coming off IR, and I thought he was going to be done for the year, and put up fourteen points. So, I mean, he has a that's a good game. That's his flex spot too. Like he's got Chris Carson, Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, Allen Robinson. Eckler, yeah, Eckler's back now too. Yeah, that's trouble yeah. for us. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and he's got he's got Ronald Jones sitting on his bench. He's got Amari Cooper yep. on his bench too. Um, so like, don't yeah, he'll probably. Do you think he'll play Jones over Gaskin once these buys are done? I don't know. I would play Gaskin because you know Gaskin's going to get the workload. Where Jones, you just don't know what Tampa Bay is going to do. Are they going to throw it? Yeah. Is it or net day? You know, I Gaskin's the guy, and Miami is good. Yeah. 
So I would play, I would play Gaskin in a flex. Um, Gaskin's no Singletary, but he's fine, I guess. No, nobody's Singletary. Only Singletary no and Singletary. No That's right. Single. Puts a single in Singletary. Let's see. I haven't looked at your roster lately, but I don't think he's the reason why you got into the playoffs. <laughs> as, as soon as I benched him, actually, is when I went on my run. <laughs> Everything took a turn for the best when you <laughs> you must be listening to the podcast. Here's my let me give my <laughs> must be a fan of the show. Oh my gosh. Yeah, let's see. You, you, have, you have the audacity to keep Devin Singletary on your team, but yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Here, let me give a revised statement on Devin Singletary. I would love to hear it. <laughs> Devin Singletary is a good football player and a good running back. He is just not a good fantasy running back. That's not a revised statement. That you completely overhauling your statement from the ground up. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Because he's still he's still a good football player. He's just not someone that you should start on your yeah. fantasy team. He never I mean, scores touchdowns. I would I would agree with that. He does not score touchdowns and all the other reasons that I've mentioned over the weeks. So we don't need to knock into him anymore. Look, I didn't even know Pittsburgh was playing right now. Yeah. I, yeah. I did not realize that they were going right now. So I just, I'm looking at your team and I'm like, oh, Eric Ebron's four for 35. When would that have happened? I thought they were playing at seven. It's this weird COVID rearranging. Yeah. Just got me really the second bad. half actually just started. They just kicked off. Okay. It looks like they're winning 14 to three, which I'm, I guess I'm not surprised. And here I was contemplating like, oh, you know, do I maybe switch somebody out before the game starts? This is the reason why you got to pay attention. I can't believe. I'm yep. the reason that I wasn't paying attention this week. Um, let's, um, let's go back. Let's talk about the uh, – I keep wanting to call the vampire the bandit. I don't know why I keep wanting to say bandit. Vampire. So now all the teams that are in the playoffs, we owe a thank you to the vampire because now those teams that we're up against have diluted the playing field. Well, I guess you were one of the ones that got bit. <laughs> I was so one of the ones I, that got bit. I didn't get bit – um, Brett did not get bitted. Um, Ryan did not get bitted. Gav, yeah, Gav did not. And then Mick did. Mick did not. not. Yeah, he's beat Peel, Brothers twice. Peel did, and I Peel got so only, bit, and you got bit. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, and look, I, like I'll be brutally honest. I actually don't think that the bite impacted me as much as I would have thought that it would have. Um, Who did they, they took? They took DeAndre Hopkins, and he, he had one big game since that point. And then the rest are solid. Like, they're 18-point games. Until mm-hmm. Joe Burrow went down, Tyler Boyd was playing so well that it didn't concern me that much. Now I have a bit of a wide receiver problem because Joe Burrow got injured and Tua Tungavailoa is the Dolphins quarterback. Because when Fitzpatrick's under center, Devontae Parker saw a lot of action, but that's not happening anymore, so... Now I have a, a WR2 situation. So I'm kind of yeah. interested to see how Debo Samuel is going to shake out for me. Uh, that's the 715 game that I'm actually like looking forward to. But I don't know if I can rely on that from here on out. So the bite did hurt you. I mean, you'd much rather have DeAndre Hopkins than Debo Samuel, right? Well, you know the consistency is there. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, now it did. I'm saying at first it did not. Mm. For, I would have been more hurt if they took James Robinson, which I mm. was like, well, and at that point they had already taken. Yeah, two, they had running backs, yeah. yeah they, took, they took Kamara and they had um, 
McCaffrey, who McCaffrey was healthy because of that one week that he came back and walloped me in, you know, thanks again, Galas, for that. The, the Everybody one, drink. The, the one game the guy comes back, he just has to pound me in the asshole. And then he's like, the last play of the game, he's like, no, I'm good. I'll sit out the rest of the season, which helped everyone else that the Vampire went up against because then they were down back to that, you know. And then, like, Drew Brees came in, got injured, and Kamara all of a sudden wasn't scoring touchdowns because Taysom Hill was doing it. So there was a lot that actually did go wrong for them too. And not to mention, I think they've had – who's got the most points against? I think they're up there, certainly. Yeah, fifteen ninety four. they have – the most points scored against them. So yeah. that does not help. Oh. So at least the rest of the, the league rallied to come in and do what they needed to do when they needed to do it. Yeah. But you're never going to win talk- a league when you have the least amount of points and the most against. That's no, just that's, a fact. Uh, <laughs> uh, mathematical yeah. uh, impossibility. I don't know if it's an impossibility, though. I, I, think, it's I, a think, math- I think it would have to be. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. It has to be a mathematical improbability. Actually, yeah, no, it wouldn't be impossible. There would just have to be huge, huge swings each week. Like you score almost no points against the biggest points, and then maybe you eke one out. Yeah, so it's not impossible. Yeah. yeah. Um, can we talk about uh, Hans Molman's fall from grace? What, yeah, you what? really you really cursed him with that gypsy curse. Why? What did I do? You in, in That week that he came in, you're like, well, we know how to get Jeff to pay attention. We just have to, you know. He just has to win four games in a row, and then he went on oh. six-game losing streak. <laughs> yeah, he he was four and zero, right? Yeah, then yeah, he was dropped he, six, one one, yeah. Um, and then uh, and then the vampire bit him and got uh, got Patrick Mahomes. He was like, "Well, I'm I'm done." And he actually had a great pickup. Taysom Hill has been Taysom Hill, yeah, really good. Can you imagine though? I mean, I'm happy. I have to imagine everyone else that played Jeff is happy that if they had left Taysom Hill as a tight end. Yeah, that, yeah. So All here's done for. Here's my question. Like, why are you even labeling him as a tight end? The Saints don't have him listed as a tight end on their team. He's listed as a quarterback. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, now obviously they couldn't because he's the clear starter. But even when they right. had Breeze, yeah, I don't. Because Yahoo never listened that, right? It was some like ESPN and maybe some other. Well, it was weird. So yeah, so ESPN did, and then Yahoo Daily Fantasy had him listed as a tight end one day earlier in the week. So if you technically set your lineup early in the week in DFS, you could have kept him there. But as the week went on, they took him out. But never in full regular fantasy did he get listed as a tight end. So I just kind of scratch my head at why. That was the case. I mean, obviously, it would have been deadly if he played him as a tight end and then played even like Cam Newton. Let's Cam, just say Cam yeah. put up 10 points, but Taysom Hill put up 22 in a tight end spot. It's huge. Yeah. Um, but Jeff finally, finally dropped Leonard Fournette today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but – or no, that was yesterday. He dropped Leonard Fournette. So Fournette finally hit waivers after all this time of waiting for him to come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to grab him if I can. <laughs> it's like, um, I call them landmines when you have a good player that you drop to the waivers and they've been underperforming all year. And someone's like, well, I'm going to pick them up. They waste a waiver spot and they get a guy that doesn't do anything, totally bombs out on them. I, I call them landmines. Mm. So, are you, 
so let's let's try to figure out seeding here real quick. Let's say hypothetically everything stays as it is, right? So you got one, two, three, four, five, six. In. Yeah, it looks like it will. Yep. Because yep. I don't think there's going to be much change unless Peel loses it. Will move me to four, him to five, you to six, or him to him to six and you to five. One of those two. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can assume. Yeah, it'll just stay. So so right now you've got Brett. I would have Ryan, and then Mick is going to duke it out with Peel. Mm-hmm. So and if I if if Peel loses. I will be duking it out with Mick, which I would be far more excited about. I mean, let's let's be honest. I, I'd like to play him later in the playoffs, but I don't think I'm going to make it that far. So I just want to get my shots in while I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm super shocked. Like I really am. There is. I know. Again, like I got to mention another league real quick. So somebody texted everybody me drink. Somebody texted me today, and they're like, "Hey, man, if." Uh, if you win tonight, you're in the playoffs. It's like, I had no idea <laughs> because my, <laughs> my season was so bad. I was like, I didn't even know I should be rooting for, for this win at all. Um, and it actually looks like that might happen because Ben Roethlisberger is playing well. So who knows? Uh, Jake is out no matter what at this point, right? After the um, lot, if he win, if he were to win this. Yes. One, yep. Mm-hmm. So him and blood brothers are officially out. Uh, yep. Jeff is not officially out, but the the um, what's that LL Cool J song? Oh, Mama gonna knock you out. That's that's coming to play right now. The Galus matchup appeal is the interesting one because if Galus wins and wins by a good margin, he still technically does have a shot, right? And he could bump you out. That won't happen because he'd have to get over seventy five points. From- I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get over 75 points from where he's at right now. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, crazier things have happened. Yeah, remember when we all thought the vampire was just an f- unstoppable freight train? Yeah, well, that was the case in the middle of the season. But then I, the freight train put the brakes on. You know what? I actually have to thank Galus now that I think about this. Oh, I have, this to, I have to turn and thank him. For not taking it. Do you know what the trade was? Um, I've heard it a million times, and I'm, it was McCaffrey for, I don't even remember now, James Robinson and someone else. Tyreek Hill. Oh, boy. Oof. Yeah. And you, I would, so you would have lost. I would have been out. If it weren't, weren't for his 80-point performance. I would not be in the playoffs if it wasn't oh, for Gail, I hope, Galus, you're listening. This You finally yeah. got to thank you. You do, you do not have hindsight is twenty twenty. I want to say something nice, but I can't. I mean, like, <laughs> it's 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 the first year, so Jake always loses because he sucks at fantasy. So that's this is always his yearly donation. You've got you've got Blood Brothers, and uh, this is their first year in the league. Yeah. Um, Jeff is the lovable loser, although that's yep. Mick. But this year he's definitely not. Galus is the newbie, so these are growing pains. Uh, you're making you're making a stand here. I mean, you usually finish like middle of the pack, be it yeah. a, little, a little bit above a winning record or a tiny bit below, right? Yep. Uh, Peel has seventy four moves. <laughs> he always that's kind of low for him. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Usually, <laughs> usually we're at triple digits. Um, 
He, my favorite two things that he does in this league is that you get a trade offer. You're like, oh, let me take a look at this. And it's like, this trade is no longer available. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, what was it? I want to know. <laughs> what was the trade? You got to go, you got to go into your email to see what the trade was. And it was some ridiculous trade that was so like either in his favor or so much in your favor that he realized what he was doing afterwards. Um, I feel bad because he genuinely loves to trade a lot, but he told me the other day, uh, and he's going to join us on the podcast too later, by the way. So just make sure you stay tuned. Right. right. Um, he was like, yeah, I, I just, I, I like to trade so much. Um, but then, you know, this year he gave up Hill for Joe Mixon. And then he also traded away Antonio Gibson for Cooper Cup. Uh, and I think he got the lower end of the, the trade. So he's like, I'm done. I'm just done with fantasy. I'm done with trading. This is ridiculous. And then he made 15 more transactions shortly afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, what are your thoughts next year on doing a 12-man league? Uh, I'm down for a, a 12-man league. And getting rid of kickers? Uh, no. And uh, I will make a passionate speech to the, uh, to the owners. Um, and I think, <laughs> uh, I think we'll keep kickers after they hear my, my thoughts. Can we get a Sam? You can do it right now. No, I need to prepare it. I I want like a PowerPoint too with visuals. Are you going to throw on a cap and be like one of those high school football coaches that like, you know, tries to give the motivational speech at halftime to rally the troops? No, it'll be calmer than that, I would say. Um, But something, you know, I will push for next year is half point PPR. I think Mm. one full point PPR is just like, you should not get points for somebody catching a zero yard pass. It doesn't make any damn sense. I, don't, I guess I don't understand the difference. Uh, I mean, I under, I do understand the difference, but at the same time, like, it can't really tip the scales that much because a catch is a catch. So if it's a half a point or a quarter of a point or a full point, is it really a difference maker? Uh, yes. Only, I guess it's just – You only want this because you draft guys like Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry who are notorious for not going out to catch passes but get yardage. I just don't think if we're comparing <laughs> this to real football, like, you don't – you don't get points for catching a ball. Like Andy, we're not you get comparing points for getting yards. Andy, we're not comparing this to real football. Uh, no. I guess that's why you want to get rid of kickers. Of course it is. It's the dumbest thing. Did, no. Tell me tell me who the best kicker in fantasy football is right now. Without looking, tell me who the best fantasy kicker is. My guess would either be Tucker or Young Hoku. Alright, let's let's see. Um, let's all available. Or maybe Butker. But I think he would be my third guess. No. <laughs> no. Who is it? So, Young Way Koo is the number one fantasy kicker, then Jason Sanders, then Daniel Carlson, then Tyler Bass, then Rodrigo Blankenship, then Graham Gano, then Ryan Suckup, then Harrison Butker, then Will Lutz. So, the guy you mentioned is eight. I said Young Ho Koo. Oh, did you? You think Young yeah. Hoku? Yeah, I said Tucker or Young Hoku. Yeah, Tucker is not even one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, he's the thirteenth best kicker. Wow. Yeah, he's got a hundred fans, but that's like Young Hoku has one hundred and forty points, and Justin Tucker, Tucker has a hundred points. But he had a 21-point game the other day. And in football, Justin Tucker is the best kicker. Probably. Yeah. It just – 
it's a position that let's see one two three four five six seven of the top 13 guys that i'm looking at right here are unrostered in our league well sounds like that's a personnel uh an ownership problem it does sound like a little bit of a ownership problem like almost like people didn't research the position to know whether or not they should pick someone up yeah you want that it's on the owners you want that wow factor i'll i'll let you know when i give my speech to the owners okay so you're gonna you're gonna play this one close to the vest here yeah um what do you think the standings are gonna be when it's all said and done when it's all said and done yeah oh man um i mean it's tough not to pick brett his team is so deep too so if there any covid issues arise or anything he's got uh someone else lined up ready to go that's a, a number one player yeah um yeah i mean i i say brett first you want to hear Mick. you want to hear draft day projections sure so let's start from the back to the front i mean i'll let you guess and then we'll go through who do you think the number 10 was going to be um it should be obvious this is the year. No, come on. He drafted. It's the Blood Brothers. Because they didn't draft. So draft projections is. Oh, you're going. You're saying. I thought you were going back to the front. You just said the number one pick? I'm saying. No, no, no. I'm saying. Who do you think the draft day projections had, like, in first place to last place? We'll start with last place and go to, go to first place. Okay. So. So Blood Brothers was going to be in last according to draft really? day projections from yet. Well, yeah, they didn't draft anybody, so they just thought they had a yeah, shitty draft to lose. They've got like five all stars now, don't they? Yeah, but these are draft day projections. So the day what that the hell everybody, does that mean? Meaning that when you drafted your team, if you add up all oh, the points, oh, I you see. I thought you were talking about next year and this year and like how it's going to rank this year. So you're okay. Oh no, yeah, I'm saying this year. What do you think draft day projections? So, okay, yes. Well, obviously, then, uh, Vampire. Okay. <clears throat> then who in number nine? This one will surprise you. Mm, maybe Peel? No. Uh, Gav. Wow. It's supposed to go four and nine. Four wow. and nine. Yeah. Shows what Yahoo knows. I know. Yeah. Who, who in eighth? Um, Jeff. No, Galus. Uh, mm. Jeff is in seventh, so I'll give you that one. Okay. And then who do you think sixth? I'm, I'm gonna stop guessing. Just read the rest off. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, we're kind of forever. It's six, and then five is Thundercats, and then four is this is the year. <clears throat> Three is Camper Dude. So accurate. Two is okay. supposed to be. Two is supposed to be out condition. And one was like, bam, 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 bam. So it so, got one, three, and six correct. Yeah, yeah. So just under thirty percent, or just around thirty. I mean, it's impressive to an extent, I guess. You know, the point totals were supposed to be. This is the year we're supposed to put up seventeen fifty six and end up in fourth place. 
Uh, that was the most points. And then the least mm-hmm. amount of points is obviously Bud Brothers because I just don't yeah. know how to calculate that. But if you're going on Fantasy Pro's current power rankings, this is fairly depressing. So you've got Blood Brothers power ranking in this league is 100. And so it will weight everything against that 100. So everybody is going to have less than 100. Uh, Camper Dude is 78. Wakanda Forever is 76. Pontiac Bandits is 76. Like Bam 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 is 64. Make Under- say, uh. <laughs> Undercats is 63. Out of Commission is 60. Hans Molman, 54. Gillis Gent, 42. And this is the year 37. So um, if, you want, if you're looking at like how things are supposed to go for the rest of the year, according to this, Mick has the best team. Then you have the second best team in the playoffs. Then Ryan, then Brett, then Peel, then me. Okay, we actually messed up the playoffs we were talking about earlier because Brett and Gav will get a bye. Yeah, that's true. So right now it's saying it'll be uh, you versus Peel and me versus Mick. Man, I mean, I I like the rivalry with me and Peel, but I just don't need DK Metcalf to push me out of the playoffs. This is a revenge match for me. Mick destroyed me in the third place game last year, I think. I don't think any of my guys put up more than single digits. It was my worst performance. So get ready, did he, Mick. Did he really? Yeah, he beat me by like 100 points in the third place game last year. Mick made it. Mick was in third last year. Mick right, he beat me in the third, third place yeah, game. That's right, yeah. That's what I'm trying to – I'm like, I, I guess I'm thinking back to um, just how historically bad he's been in fantasy. Basically up until – this year, even. Um, Last year, I came in third. Yeah, I know. Um, that's what I'm saying. Well, he's, his win, you know what his win percentage still is, right? It's no. 34%. Still? Yeah, he's 60, he's 35, Dear 66, God. and zero. I guess the first year he won one game, right? He won one game in year one, yeah. And, and it that was his, his first <laughs> Poor Mick. That was just, uh, that was probably his worst luck that you could probably get going into a fantasy. You get your hopes up. And you're like, yeah, this is this yeah. is so much fun. This is great. And then just every week after that is you looking at how bad your team is getting manhandled, second guessing all your decisions. Maybe he's hustling us. Maybe because that's the buy-in back then wasn't as much. So he lost early, and now and now as the our buy-ins for the league have increased, is like now I'm going to start winning. That's true. Let's. Your your win ratio is above 50%. You're 192, 184. How did you end up with two ties? You have to look at like my all-time Yahoo stats. Yeah, your all-time Yahoo. Oh, had, your I've been playing fantasy a long time, so I don't know when I tied. Uh, you started in 2002. That's yeah. how long you're – I think you have the oldest profile, any person <laughs> that's in Yahoo. Uh, Pia would be the only other person that I could think, but he – Let's check him out. He was 04, so you got him beat by two years. Were you doing fantasy football before then? It was always it was always fantasy basketball, right? Because you guys used to yeah, I the, think fantasy basketball was probably 2002. Yeah. You guys did the draft at my house, and I didn't even play in the league. Oh, I don't think I was there that year, but that's pretty funny. Yeah, they did that like two or three times actually. Drafted for fantasy, and I had no interest <laughs> in it back then. I just wanted everyone to wear a suit and tie one year, so they did. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I missed. That was the year I missed. 
So that had to have been probably 03 or 04. Yeah. This is definitely, definitely the high school years. Yeah. Um, all right, so playoff predictions. Who do you think is going to win the whole thing? Well, let's Brett. start. Let's start. Okay, so Brett, so you gave that away. Yeah. Uh, are you just going to go based on the standings right now? Who do you think is going to take second? Um, see, the thing about Gav's team is it's, it's boom or bust. He either puts up like 200 points or 100 points. Um, second, I'll, st- I'll say Mick. You think Mick is going to take second, which means you're going to lose to Mick this week, if that's the case. Yeah. Um, who do you think is going to win between Peel and myself? Um, actually, here, yeah. Let me let's do it. Let's do it that way. All right. So you versus Peel. I'm gonna say. Oh, his Peel is a heavy favorite against you right now. Oh, yeah, Andy. I don't deserve to be here. <laughs> heavy favorite. All right, yeah. I'll say Peel. I would I would take him too pretty confidently, um, and you think Mick's going to beat you because you just said that. So it would be. Well, now let me see. Let me see here. Oh, Let's see, this is a revenge match. Oh, it has me have not heavily favored, but by a little bit. I'm so I'm, I'm surprised it did not think that your team was anything special. Um, I still think it's might be time for you to figure out the Matt Ryan situation. But I've I've been there myself, so I get it. Every he, week he's projected to be the best one available, and so I keep him. And every week he lets me down. Yeah, I think it's just I, trust me. I was in that boat. Like you, you, you got my landmine. That was Matt Ryan this year. Um, you got you got gifted Justin Jefferson. I know Brett dropped him off his team, and you picked him up, and he hasn't left. Great. It. Yeah, Adam Thielen's been solid too. The the yeah. thing that cracks me up is i hate playing wide receivers on the same team don't you typically not want to yeah i don't like doing that yeah and yet this past game 27 points from justin jefferson and 21 points from Thielen. yeah not bad uh i was surprised derrick henry put up a complete dud but cleveland's got a really good front all right next week if you were me i've got justin jefferson adam Thielen, keenan allen and mike evans i can only play three of them um Keenan Allen definitely stays on PPR. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, PPR. Good. Uh, I Justin Herbert had its hair. I mean, Justin Herbert looked miserable out there. He he looked terrible. Um, coaching got out coached. I mean, it was just a pitiful game. And Keenan Allen still came away with ten fantasy points. Like that was the day that he had, and I think that was the highest on the team because I don't think Austin Eckler or anything. He was 11 for 5 and 48. So he sees just double-digit targets even when they can't get a touchdown. I think, especially against the Falcons, it's going to be such a huge bounce-back game. So I would play Justin Jefferson and um, Mike Evans. Or, I'm sorry, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Yeah, Mike Evans. No, but then – but all right, so between – you said Allen. So between Jefferson, Thielen, and Evans, which two? Well, I mean, Mike Evans is going to get you the touchdown. So if you're if you're looking to get that, they're also playing Minnesota, who's pretty good against uh, wide receivers. Yeah, their um, defense was huge this week, right? They put up a ton of points. Yeah, they got thirteen. Um, your their options are who? 
Jefferson and Thielen. So I, I think I'm going to go Ever- Evans and, and Thielen, I think is what I'm going to do. Yeah, but I don't know, man. You kind of have to go back to the latter half of the season for Justin Jefferson. If you go all the way back to week 10 against Chicago, he had 21 points. Mm-hmm. And then 17 against Dallas, okay. I mean, Dallas, he should have put up more, but he was – Three for five and 86 and a touchdown in that game. Um, the sweet spot is he's just been scoring, but even without the totes, he's double-digit the last two weeks. And he went over 100 yards in two of his last four games. Yeah. Um, it's Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's a good defense, so maybe you don't want to play the rookie in that matchup. But you never know because Thielen might be the guy that gets doubled in that game. And Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Don't know. Um, I'll tell you this, I wouldn't want to have to play Kirk Cousins in that situation. So, I don't know. That's a good question. I think you'd feel most comfortable playing Evans coming out of a bye week, healthier, going up against – Yeah, going up against Minnesota. Yeah. Tom Brady doesn't care, and he will look at him in the red zone. Again, he's still – even after the bye, he is the most targeted wide receiver in the red zone. Has been that way since week eight. Nope, since week six, if I'm remembering correctly. So, I think that's what you would, I think that's what you do. My question is, you know what my question to my team was three weeks ago or two weeks ago? Do I play Wayne Gallman or Kalen Bellage? Those are the questions I have to face, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so, just... I'm happy I made the playoffs, but get me out of here sooner or later because this false hope thing needs to stop. It's undeserved. Um, all right, so going back to your original question, you know what? I'm going to say I knock off Mick. Oh, wow. Okay, well, then I knock off Peel. <laughs> you asked me. <laughs> well, I'm changing my own answers. Yeah. And I- then I will lose to Gav, and then Brett will beat Peel. So now it's, yeah, Brett and Gavin, I say Brett wins. I would, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that if you, if you win this week, if you beat Mick, you'll beat Gav, you'll, you'll uh, lose to Brett if Brett makes it past next week uh, or two weeks from now. If, uh, if you beat Mick, Mick will lose to Peel, and Peel will win the league. That would be my guess. I think what? So, oh, wait, hold on. So, if you play Mick and win, you're playing Ryan. Yep. Okay. So, Ryan would have to, you would have to beat him. And then, yeah, so if Peel beats me, he'll beat Brett, and then I think he would win the league. Peel? You think so? Peel would. Beats you, you think he wins the league? I think so. Wow. Um, here's why. Look at Lamar Jackson's schedule coming up. Okay, he's got Dallas, Cleveland. That'll be tough for him. Then Jacksonville and the Giants. Uh, okay, if he's ever going to have a great schedule, the the uh, Seahawks have their easiest schedule. I've been saying it for a couple weeks now. Like Russell Wilson has got to bounce back, and they're playing the Jets. Washington and the Rams. So even though they say it's the easiest schedule on paper, it's not necessarily for fantasy, but it's forgiving to the wide receivers. So I would expect Metcalf to have big games. Um, Cooper Cup 
He goes up against the Chets and Seattle and Arizona. So if he's going to have big games, those are coming up. And they're also playing New England on Thursday night. Um, I just – I think his core guys have easier schedules. And if he gets if he gets Swift back, he'll be in good shape because I think Swift is something special that they finally realize they have. Now that Matt Patricia's out of there, I think Swift is going to get the show. So, but we'll see. I mean, let's see. Exciting part. See. I I might have to play Jonathan Taylor, who's just going to disappoint. Oh, all right. I think that's enough of you. So, um, actually, <laughs> first let's. Uh, oh, did you stop the recording? No, I haven't stopped the recording. Let's, uh, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor, Digimark Design. You can get uh, it's your one-stop shop for web development and other digital marketing services. Actually, this episode was brought to you by Digimark Design.com. What's funny is I, I recorded an intro to the show like three weeks ago. Like, do you need web development? Digimarkdesign.com, blah, blah. As, it's just like a joke, and then it's like, can I write this off of my taxes? <laughs> I pay every month $10 to have space for the podcast to go up. I pay 10 bucks, so I can absolutely do that. Would you like to plug Fusion Family? Uh, yeah, I was trying to. All right, I'll let you start over. Go ahead. We're almost out of inventory. You know, unfortunately, that was the time in the podcast that we just, we ran out of time because we have to get Peel on it. And then I realized that we've gone over even then. So we have to bump Peel back another week, which should be a good week for him to be on after the fantasy playoffs. So hopefully he can actually make it next week. Uh, thank you, Andy, for being the first two-time guest on the uh, on the podcast. I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking shop on Monday night. It's always nice to have you. Thank you, Peel, for being understanding and getting bumped back another week. Need a guest for next week, so if you'd like to be on the podcast as the guest, let me know. We'll get you on here. Uh, still waiting for Jeff and Jake, and uh, um, I think that's everybody at that point, other than Peel, who will be here next week. So if uh, if you feel like you want to be that guest, let me know, and we'll make it happen, Captain. Good luck to everybody that has their matchups this week. For everybody that earned a buy this week in the championship bracket, congratulations. You guys definitely did earn it. For those of you that didn't make it in the fantasy playoffs, Remember, play on a regular basis. You're still going to get some money if you get the most points. We're still looking at that. And uh, try to go with the DFS plays and salvage something from your fantasy year two. Or just give up. Just give up at this point. Because why not? It's 2020 and it's almost over. End it. Just be done. So uh, I'm your host, Andrew Zurich. We will see you next week.